Uh, come on, let's turn to your Bibles, everybody, to... Uh, okay, wait a minute. Uh, Pastor Tim. Um, I forgot my iPad. Would you get my iPad for me, please? Pastor Tim, please. Oh, man. Man, what's the matter with me? I can't believe I forgot my iPad. Man, I'm just... I feel off. I hope the sermon goes well. I hope it's going to be good. Did I... I don't know. Did I pray enough? Did I, did I study enough? Oh, bad Pastor Sam, bad Pastor Sam. Oh, man. I, ho I hope they like me. Maybe I should have wore some different outfit. Man, I'm hungry for some Chinese food right now. Ah, oh, great. Now I'm hungry and I don't feel prepared. What's the matter with him today? Come on, Sam, say something. You can do this. I wonder if I need to step in there. No, he's not going to want me to do that. I wonder if he took Moses out to poop today. Oh, I bet he's gonna wanna eat Chinese food again. I hate Chinese food, but I don't wanna tell him that. Why is Langston so mad at me? Wow, Sam really looks hot in that shirt. Come on, Sam, you got this. Wait a minute. I've heard from God. I'm called by God. I'm the pastor of this church. I've been appointed and anointed by God. My goodness, I've studied myself to death. I've prayed myself back to life. I'm ready to bring this word. Come on, let's go kick some devil brains in. Besides, my wife thinks I'm hot. I got this. Have you all ever had one of these times where there's just this, these voices in your head, a battle in your mind ever happened before? You, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about, would you? But uh, how many know God gives you victory in your mind before he ever gives you victory in your flesh? And there's a war that goes on in here where the enemy will either dumb you down, talk you out of it, or keep you in it. Because he knows that once you start getting the mind of Christ, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. How many are ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. So we're starting a brand new series. For those of you here the first time, you are in right on the on-ramp of the first message. It's called Peace of My Mind. You need to have peace of my mind. There's there's too much chaos and voices and the enemy dumbing things down, telling your kids will never get saved, telling you'll never accomplish, you'll never get victory. I'm here to tell you that Satan is a liar and Jesus is the truth and the truth will always liberate you every single time. Everything you need is already in you by Jesus Christ to overcome whatever Satan's throwing at you. Can somebody say amen to that? Well, I want you to turn to the key scripture we're gonna use for the whole series, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Here's, here's fact, here's my assignment for you, okay? I do a lot of work on the sermon end. This is gonna be an easy one for you. I want you to commit this verse to memory throughout this whole series. Every day, I want you to try to memorize this scripture. How many think you can pull this off? Come on, they used to tell you a mind is a terrible thing to waste. You can do this, amen? You can do this. So I want you to memorize the scripture because it's going to be really good. And hey, by the way, how many of you just love what God's doing in this church? I do. I love what God's doing in this house. And I'll tell you what I'm really thankful to God for is what he's doing through our next gen ministry 
the ones that ministered last Sunday here in this church. I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Taylor and Pastor Meredith leading worship, Pastor Taylor bringing the word, all the young people in here, and to see God, what he's doing there on Wednesdays and on Thursday nights, it is, if you're a child or young adults, you aren't in there, you need to hightail it to that ministry. They are growing, they're building community, and making a difference in this culture through Jesus Christ. But I want you to let them know how much you appreciated them last week, bringing the word and taking the service over. Next Gen Takeover. Thank you guys so much. So here's the scripture we're going to memorize. In fact, why don't you just join me and read it out loud. Some of you got different translations of it, but I want you to just read it off the screen with me. Why don't you join me, okay? Come on, let's say it out loud together. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can somebody say amen to that? The reason why I started this piece of my mind series is because that's where the battle is always going to begin. That's where it's always going to begin. And I'm really convinced that if you can change your thoughts, you can change your life. If you can start asking the Holy Spirit by the power of the word and Christ's blood, help me with my thoughts you can change the entire direction of your life. And I think Apostle Paul understood this. I think sometimes, you know, I do. Listen, I, do, there are, I believe there are demonic forces that want to trip up believers and hold unbelievers, but I believe you can trip them up and get a, get a hold on their life. I, I really do. I really do. And I'm not trying to say you look for a demon under every rock. I like what one missionary said. Somebody told me this week, uh, missionary John Easter, who works over in, uh, mostly in the continent of Africa, he, he's been there ministering. He says, I, 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 he says I, I don't look for a demon under every rock. He said, I look for two or three under every rock. And I think sometimes we push things off sometimes that are actually Satan's operation trying to get into a believer's life and we need to take authority and dominion over it. Can somebody say amen to that? We pass it off. But I truly believe that it's not always that, but I also believe that there's another place where God clearly tells us we need to manage what's happening up here. Clearly, there's no doubt in my mind. And the Apostle Paul, I mean, you want to talk about an incredible theologian, the revelation from God, but this guy was a brilliant, if I could, counselor, psychologist as well, that understood that the mind of the believer has to be managed by Jesus Christ and his spirit. Now, you look at the, the book of Philippians. It's only four short chapters, everybody. Philippians, four, four short chapters. But do you know that when Paul wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, do you know that he made eight references in those four chapters, eight references to the word mind? Three times he referred to the word think, and one time he referred to the word remember. So 12 times in less than four chapters, he's telling the believers, if you're going to win this, you're going to have to deal what's happening between your ears. You're going to have to know that some of the things, many of the things in your life are happening because right here, the enemy taking advantage. Everything you need to win is happening right here, right now. It's already in you through Christ Jesus. So here's what we're going to talk about, first of all, is first of all, you need to know that there is a conflict in your mind. There is a conflict in your brain. There's a battle in your brain, everybody. There's a battle in your brain. Now, how many thank God you're saved by the blood of Jesus? Amen. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you got to start with Jesus. But Paul said, even after you come to Jesus, 
You cannot just allow your mind to be a dumping ground for Satan. It didn't take long to get it, man. It's, just, it's, it's, it's that quick on a TikTok. It's that quick on an Instagram reel. It's that one conversation. Can I tell you, it doesn't take long. Your mind, sin is not worthy of you. And your eye gate and your ear gate, you've got to realize, has to be managed by the power of the Spirit and the power of the Word because there's a battle. Now, let me show you what Paul's talking about here. He's talking to believers, but I want you to go to Romans chapter 7. In verse 22, and I want to just take you on this quick journey today. This is what he says. He's, he's having, the, the Apostle Paul, here he is, loves the Lord, has revelation from the Lord. And yet he's in this battle. He said, I want to do the things right, but, and I know what to do is right, but sometimes I can't seem to do right. How many of you can relate to that? All right, three of you. The rest of you, how many have ever lied? Please raise your hand right now. Okay, look what he says in verse 22. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. He says, I love the word of God, but there's another power within me that is at war. Everybody say a war. It's a war. There's a conflict in your brain. There's a battle in your brain with my mind. There's a war with my mind. The power that this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. He's saying, I've been set free. I know the power of Jesus Christ's blood, but he said there is a war that is waging in the believer's head all the time to drag you back into that sin that used to bind you. So you need to understand real clearly, don't just discount this, sir. You say, well, I don't need to take a note. I'm just wanting this thing to get done 1130. I'm just trying to please my wife. I just wish I can get out of here. I want you to know there's a war whether you like it or not. It is as real as earth smoking and exploding battlefields, only it is happening between your ears. And it's real, whether you want to deny it or not. And it's a war against the power of darkness, the power of light, the word of God, or the world culture. It's whatever it is. There is a battle for your brain. And you can deny it, but it's happening. Your mind is the battleground for sin. Every thought, every action, every action I've ever done towards sin Starts with thought. Every action I've done for God, for the positive, has started with a thought. And it's where temptation happens. It's just with a thought. Every sin starts with a thought. Every sin, think of any sin you want to. Your pride starts with a thought. Your lust, it starts with a thought. Your hatred toward a person or a particular group of people or a certain race started with a thought. Think about that. Every single thing right now, every fear you're feeling, started with a thought. Every doubt you're feeling started with a thought. Every worry and anxiety over the culture and where it is started with a thought. Think about that. Every resentment you have toward another person started with a thought. Every envy you have for somebody else in the workplace started with a thought. Everything started with, every insecurity you have started with a thought. And what you need to realize is your mind affects your peace and your happiness. If you're not in peace and you're not in happiness, it is directly related back to a dominating thought that you've had in your mind. So this is why I'm telling, Paul's telling this, if you're going to be a believer, you just can't check the Jesus box and say, I got saved. He says, you need to start managing what comes through your eye gate and your ear gate. You've got to manage both of those things because an unmanaged mind 
will end up leading to mental fatigue. It'll just totally break you down. Mental fatigue, tension, pressure, conflict, chaos, your stress is directly rated to an unmanaged path of thought. This is what Paul is saying. So that means if I manage what comes into my head, if I start qualifying what comes through my eye gate and my ear gate, if I start qualifying the conversations I want to hear, the material I take in, then that means I'm managing my mind. And if I manage my mind, it's not unmanaged. Therefore, it leads me to peace. It leads me to confidence. It leads me to strength. It leads me for, to victory from step to step, thought to thought. So the point is, is whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention gets you. It's not up there on the screen, but what is the most dominating thought in your life is what's going to get you. Is it the economy? Is that I'm not good, good enough? I'm not pretty enough? I'm not, what is it? I don't have enough money. I, I, I'll never get married. I'll, 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 never, I'll never succeed. Why should I try again? Every single thing in your head right now that's getting your attention gets you. It dominates you. So Satan wants your mind. So why does Satan want our mind? Why does he want Pastor Sam's mind? Why would he like to just blur my mind and just distract me? Why would he want to do that to you or me? Because if Satan can dominate your mind, then he dominates your, that area of your life. Unequivocally. If he can dominate with your mind, he can dominate your life. And what we think determines what we end up becoming. Now, you may not believe that, but that's the word of God. How many know that's the word of the Lord? Whatsoever man thinks in his heart, <laughs> that's what he's going to be, Scripture says. So, so what does that mean, Pastor? So if you're already starting this series off, and I told you earlier, everything you need is in you through the power of Jesus Christ to overcome. And you're going, not my deal. Here's the deal. If you're thinking you can't, you probably won't. You just need God and his word and a pastor to tell you, oh, yes, you can. You don't have to live like that. And I got, the courage, I got the courage to tell you can. You know why I got the courage to tell you can? Because I got people that are sitting in this room that the enemy told them they couldn't, and here they are doing, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can, and they're overcoming. And if God can do it for me and he can do it for them, he can do it for you. Can somebody say amen? So if you think you can't, you probably won't. But if someone by the word of God starts saying, yes, you can, you probably will. Are you hearing me? If you're going to keep dwelling on the problems and keep dwelling on the problems and keep dwelling on that problem and keep dwelling on that problem, let me tell you what, you'll be overwhelmed in your marriage because all you can see is every flaw he does, every flaw she does. If you're going to constantly dwell on that problems, you'll be overwhelmed in the marriage. You won't survive. But if you'll start going to the word of God and see what God has to say, guess what's in the word? There's, word, there's faith inside that word. And when you start having faith inside that word, there's instruction in that word. And if you've got faith and instruction, guess what it starts happening? You start seeing a path that I can start walking. I can actually get free from this alcohol. I can actually get free from these drugs. I can actually be delivered from this pornography. I can actually be set free from adultery. I can be set free from my insecurity. I can actually believe God that he's going to use me again. If you find faith, guess what? You start seeing hope. You start seeing solutions. You start seeing a path. You want to keep feeling like a victim? You let the culture keep telling you're the victim. You're the victim. See, it always turns out for you like this. They're the bad ones, you're the good one. You're always going to be a victim. 
Can I tell you, if you live with a victim mentality that you're always the victim, you never can because I'm always the victim, I'm always the one of this, then you will become one. And you'll stay that way. And the enemy will always do everything to trip you out from succeeding because you always are the victim. But if you can start believing that Jesus Christ didn't just save me, he created me. I am fearfully, wonderfully made. He has a design purpose for my life. Every one of my days are recorded in his book. And you start seeing that you can actually be an overcomer through Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, you stop becoming the victim and you start becoming the victor over every single thing that the enemy tries to throw. Can somebody give witness to this today that I can do all things. I can become all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. So here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, you've got to get this. Don't sit here and check out, guys, in the middle of this message and say, I'm just going to do my time so I can get home. I've got to get, go to my golf. I want to go watch a game. I want to do something. You need to realize this is battle time right now. That war wages. It keeps going. And, you, and some of you are going, yeah, I get it. I see what Paul's saying. Because Paul's going, man, I want to do right. And then he keeps saying, well, there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to sin. How many have ever been in that place before? How many been there? Been there. And Paul's going, Paul's going, what am I going to do here? And I love what he says in verse 24 after he says all that. He goes, I'm a slave to sin. Then he says this, oh, what a miserable person I am. I'm toast. What am I, this is miserable. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Whatever dominates your mind, dominates your life. Who says, who will do it? And then he says, let me tell you what it is. He never asks a question that he doesn't already know the answer. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I tell you when he was, I don't know if, how many of you were here for Easter Sunday? Oh, if you will just remember, he, they nailed him to a cross. You were crucified with him. They buried him in a tomb. You were buried with him. He resurrected from the dead. You resurrect with him. And you got to keep walking with him and walking with him and walking with him. He said, thank God it is because of Jesus Christ that Satan will no longer have dominion over me. And I am no longer a slave to that sin anymore. How many thank God that is the good news of Jesus Christ right there. So, I want you to really lock into this for a moment. I really need, I just don't need a young generation, I need all generations to truly hear this. This conflict in your mind is really about control of your life. Who will have control of your life? This is about control for your life. What happens here, the Word of God is showing, is really about who will have control of your life. Now I say I belong to Jesus, but I got to prove he really has control for my life. Now I want to show you something. This is so important because whatever controls your mind controls your life. Can you say that? Whatever controls your mind controls your life. So some of you don't like the direction your life is going. Here's the deal. What stays in your mind steers your life. Because thoughts can come to my mind that are absolutely not, not God. It cannot stay there. What stays there is what starts steering me toward that direction in my life. 
The direction of your life is determined by your most dominating thoughts. If you are always going to be, there's no hope, there's no future, then you will always be steered in a direction of constant despair over this life that you're living. When you start steering your thoughts toward Jesus Christ, guess what? You'll start having control of your life and you'll start steering it in that destiny God intended for you. Now listen close to this. This is really about who has control of your life by what you're allowing here. It, that's who's saying really is control of my life. You can tout Jesus all you want, but what you allow here is really who has control. And you can be speaking in tongues and shandai the wallpaper off the wall, but if you don't take care of here, that's really who has control of your life. Let me show you something. I call this God's order of possession for my life. That, that's, there, is a, there is a way that God starts dealing with your life. So I'm going to take it from the words of Jesus, not from the words of Sam. Uh, so let me just take you to Matthew 22, 37. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You ready for this? Look at this. He says, they're asking him, Jesus, what's the greatest command? What's the greatest command? And here's what Jesus said. And Jesus was quoting from a passage of Deuteronomy. He says, you must love the Lord your God with A-double-L, what's that word? All your what? Heart. And then he says, A-double-L, all your what? Soul. And then thirdly, he says, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He said, if I could size it up, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is a great truth that you need to remember. And when I look at this, what I actually see is this is God's order of possession. He doesn't save your mind first. When I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I didn't say, oh God, I need you to save my mind. No, Lord, I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my soul. I want to give you everything that I am. So the heart there, Jesus says, love the Lord your God. That heart is your inward affections. Matthew 22, 37, what we just said. It's your inward affections. It is everything. The heart is the center of the entire life. It's where all the lifeblood flows. Out of that center is my pure passion and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything else revolves around that. Love the Lord God with all your heart. And then he says, love the Lord your God with all your soul. That is your consciousness, or if I could put it another way, your convictions, that's what's making really what your worldview is and what you feel strong about. That's your consciousness, your conviction. And God, how many know Jesus changes that? He can change that when you get saved. Look what Hebrews 9.14 says. He says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our what, everybody? Conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. He said, now, you, how many remember when you got saved, all of a sudden, something happened in you, you don't know, but you were going, I know that this is not right for me to be doing. Even when you were living like a heathen, you were doing it going, I know this isn't right. What's happening is the Spirit of God, by his blood, changes even your conscience, your soul, your convictions. And then he says to love the Lord your God with all your mind. What is that? That's all 
thoughts that come through my eye gate and my ear gate. All thoughts. Now look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Here's what he says. Paul says this. Here goes Paul again. He said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, all, because of all he has done for you. Let me be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way of worshiping him. Don't copy, or some of you have the translation, don't be conformed. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Watch this. But let God do what, everybody? Transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now watch. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So if your life is constantly in chaos, constant chaos in all the relationships, chaos in decision-making, chaos in decision-making, it could be directly related to you not letting God transform your thinking because you're conformed to an old mindset of the world. So Jesus, God is saying, here's what I'm doing. I save your heart. I give you a new conviction soul. And the third place he ends up is I don't get saved in my mind first. I get saved in my heart, my affections toward God because it's based on his love for me, not what goes through my head. But he, as I grow in him, he starts transforming my, changing my mind, which transforms my life. Now, if that's God's order of possession, doesn't it stand to reason that Satan has an order of possession too? The reason why I give you that order is because if that's God's order of possession, then Satan must have an order of possession as well. Let's go to the very first sin that ever occurred, the very first temptation. Satan comes up to Eve, and what's the first thing he did? He didn't say, he doesn't, hate, he doesn't love you. He hates you. No, 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 no. He starts with one thought. He seeds into the ear gate, and he said, did God say, don't eat that? Did he really say that? He goes directly to the mind. He said, did, he does everything backwards of God. If God said it's evil, he says it's good. If God says, no, don't, he says yes. Come on, that's why he's called, Jesus is called the Christ and Satan is the anti he does everything backwards of God. So guess where he's not going to start? He's not going to start with your love for your spouse. He's not going to start with your love for your church. He's not going to start with your love for Jesus. He's going to let you keep the Jesus card. But here's what he's going to do. He's going to start in the last place where the Spirit and the Word of God does its work. He starts in your mind and he works backwards. So he starts seeding stuff from a world culture into you and just repetitiously puts it in you. Repetitiously puts it in you. You steer away from the word of God and he just repeats it, repeats it, repeats it. He repeats it. I pray for you that are godly teachers in the public school systems. I pray that God keeps helping you to help navigate because you have the toughest job in the world when you have to confront a worldview that is anti the word of God and I pray a covering over you young people that you will keep hanging out in youth groups and small groups that you'll keep hanging out here so you will keep putting the word of God in to know when someone is giving you a false, a false teaching. I thank God for you. I really do. 
You're hitting it like nobody's hit it. And the avenues in which it comes. All it takes is one little sound bite from a TikTok, and there it goes. So he starts dropping the thought. Just dropping the thought. Did God say? Do you really think that's what God meant? Do you really think he made male and female in his image? Do you really think that? Come on, get with it, man. And he just drops the thought. Drops the thought. Drops the thought. And then the next place he goes is your soul, your consciousness, and your conviction. And now what you used to believe when you first came to Jesus Christ now begins to waver. And now black and white becomes the gray issue for you. But I promise you, he's not settling for gray, and neither is God. Until all of a sudden, guess what happens? You start peeling off from your love. And let me show you where it happens. It's real slick. I don't know if I want to go back to church anymore. You know, I, I tell you what. You know all that, so that youth group over there, that next gen? I'm not going. A bunch of hypocrites there. Do you know what she was doing? And she sits up there and raises her hand in the altar. Do you know what she's doing? Hypocrites. I, I don't think I want to, I don't think that's a place for me anymore. Well, if that's the way Christians behave. Well, that guy was a preacher. She was in the ministry. And can you believe that? I'm, I'm, I'm done with church. He starts with those little things like that. Or he starts like, you really don't need the word today. Just listen to a praise song on the radio and skip the word today. And little by little, he starts taking your love for the word your love for the presence of God until you find yourself completely isolated and that's when the vulnerability and the attack begins to happen. And he's not just settling with isolation. His heart is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his part. Whew. How we doing, everybody? And that's where we find a lot of believers, and that's where we find the culture, and that's where you find the American church culture right now. You stay true to his presence, his word, because that, my friends, is what you need to keep putting in your eye gate and your ear gate so that your thoughts are managed, that you can know the perfect will of God. Wow. And then when Satan finally gets you to that place where he holds you, here's what he does. He gets what's called a stronghold. I love that song y'all sang. He breaks every stronghold. I, I, man, when you start saying that, breaking change and sets captives free and breaking strongholds, I just got, yes, that's the song, Pastor. Yes, that's a song. I knew he was anointed. I knew he heard, heard from God. That was so good. So what's a stronghold? So does that mean that I'm possessed? Put your, put your arm up, Braxton. Here's what a stronghold is. It's not that a believer gives possessed, but when your mind keeps going toward this way and then you stay there, it dominates you. And here's what a stronghold is. Ready? That's what it is. You love Jesus, but you can't shake this loose. Everywhere you go, it goes. And so here's what a stronghold does. And we'll even talk about this next week, about neuropaths in your brain. Chemicals that are released when you start doing things that actually start creating a path where you can't get out of this. You can't get out of this. Only by the power of the word can you get out of it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the blood. You can't do it. Oh, wretched man or woman you are, if you're going to try to do this because I got self-will, I got discipline, I can break from this anytime. Oh, no, you can't. That's there. Because a stronghold, it's called a stronghold cycle. 
What happens is a thought leads to an emotion. That emotion's released. In that emotion, there are things, chemicals even released in your body during that time when you're actually doing it. A chemical is released. There's emotions, and those emotions start leading to an action, and then you start acting it out. Then you start saying, well, I, was just, I, I just tried to flip by that little TikTok. I tried to flip by that Instagram, but now I can't find myself flipping. I'm locking in, and I'm locking in, and now I got a link to something else here, and I keep locking in. Finally, that stronghold starts getting you. It leads to an action, and that action leads to a stronghold. And that's where you come to the place where you're going, oh, wretched man that I am, how can I get out of this? Here's the good news. You have power to conquer any stronghold that has a hold of your life and tell it to turn loose. You have that authority in you. Come on, somebody preach with me here. You have the power and the weapons through what Jesus Christ did on the cross with his death his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection, but you gotta keep walking side by side with him and you can tell every stronghold, every demon, you must leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna talk more about this, this this next few weeks. We're gonna talk more about this. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You have authority. Everybody just say it out loud. Just say, I have authority. Through Jesus Christ's finished work. Now I want you to read what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. He says, here's how you win. You have weapons and you have power. For though we live in the world, though you're surrounded by these things that are keep trying to attach to you, Pastor Sam, anybody in this room, we do not wage war as the world does. This is not a self-help video. <laughs> This is not a positive thinking message. <laughs> He's saying you got to have a bigger weapon than that to overcome the stuff that's trying to get a hold of you. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. I thank God for godly counselors. I thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you, none of that is going to work outside of the power of clinging to what he did at the cross. On the contrary, here's what he says. On the contrary, they have divine power. The weapons you have, listen to this, the weapons you have and that you fight with that are not of this world, they have divine power. You know what that word divine there in the Greek was connected to? It was connected to a word called dunamis. Do you know what dunamis is? It means the power of the mighty one. You have access to the very power of the mighty one who destroyed and humiliated Satan at the cross. You have divine power through those weapons that you use that are not like the world, and it's God himself, his power working through you. Woo. What does it do? To demolish. They have divine power to demolish. Everybody say demolish. To demolish what? Strongholds. What's your stronghold? I'm going to help you identify next week some strongholds. What's your stronghold? What's the thing that keeps dominating you all the time? Fear? Afraid you're going to go broke? Afraid you're going to die? Can't forgive? What's your stronghold? He says you have divine power to demolish that stronghold of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. That means those thoughts that have come and dominated your mind, you have a complete authority and dominion over them through Jesus Christ. 
Come on, you need to say it. I've got the power. That's what you need to say. You've got the power when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. He said to demolish strongholds of human reasoning. That word strongholds is the Greek word ohirama. Ohirama. And it means fortress. It literally means fortress. So what is, what is, what is put there is he's really talking about a military fortress of that time. And when they built military fortresses, they usually were on the high peak. They were the things that were elevated. Uh, those of you who went to Israel with us, when we went to uh, Masada, those, those fortresses are built up to have the advantage over the opposing enemy below. What's happened is you have put these strongholds up here and you're trying to look up. You can't seem to take it, but he says God's divine power, that fortress can't stand. It usually was up high and usually when they built them, they had reinforced walls that were 20 feet thick. So some of you are looking at, you don't know how many years I've been doing this, Pastor. You don't know how, many, how long this has had a hold of me. It started when I was a teenager. It started when I was a child. Pastor, you don't know how hard this thing is for me to get over. I can't do it. You don't know what they did to me. Here's what God says. He says, you have authority to demolish those human reasonings, those destroys false arguments. We demolish arguments and we take every pretension. Look at this. That sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Come on, say that out loud with me. And we take captive. Say, I'm taking captive. I'm taking captive every thought to make it to make it obedient to Christ. That means you're taking a prisoner, you've destroyed the stronghold, and you're taking a prisoner to sit and surrender to what Jesus Christ says. That word take captive, it's a war term. So you have to put it in the context of when they did it, when they wrote that, the imagery of that day. So to capture literally meant to capture with a sword or with a spear. You're not going anywhere. That thing's pointed up because you're not going anywhere. You're my prisoner and you're going where I tell you to go. So if you want to keep telling me that I'm a loser, yeah, this is, the, the, you, you can never keep a relationship. If you're going to sit there and tell me you'll never see healing, you'll never see a miracle. If you're going to tell me that I'll never, will ever, ever want me, you start taking that sword and spear and you take that thought captive. Well, let me tell you what you have. You have a weapon. It is the sword of the word of God. By the power of the spirit spear, you start commanding that where to go because you have divine power to demolish that thing that has constantly controlled your mind and who you are in the direction of your life. Here's the problem. How many of you, ever, how many of you like going to parades? We got going to parades because that means that the season is changing. It's going to get warmer. <laughs> but a lot of Christians are like soldiers who march in parades. They got, they got their weapons, but there's nothing in the chamber. Not a bullet in there. Not one. They're not loaded. And it's easy to march with your weapon empty while people are cheering from the curb. <laughs> My point is, when you're here in church, it's easy to have your Bible, 
but not be using it or have your weapon loaded as long as everybody's singing and cheering. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, you're an overcomer. Yeah, go, you go. Jesus loves you, loves everybody. He just, just go and you're cheering from the curb. It's not hard, it's not, spiritual warfare is not hard then, uh-uh. But there's a lot of folks that come to church, sing, hear a nice message, but aren't interested in the spiritual battle in your mind or your soul and you're not paying attention to it. And the enemy's coming in little by little, stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger grip. And that's why we have so many casualties in the body of Christ. Well, how did they start thinking that? You mean he's not even in the ministry anymore? What? I thought they had it all together. Their Facebook posts, they were always smiling and they were going on trips. What? It's time to start just coming to the parade on Sunday morning and start getting serious and say, so I'm taken by the spear and the sword through the power of Jesus Christ. You are no longer gonna hold me hostage. I am taking you captive and you will obey Jesus Christ that dwells in me. You will obey. You will obey. So here, we're gonna close this bad boy down. And uh, so Satan will go for your mind, your conviction, your consciousness, your awareness, He'll go for that, and then he'll go for your heart, pull you away from the Lord. Jesus says, here's what I want. I want your heart. I don't need you to perform over here to finally get me to love you. I don't need you to perform to get me to love you. I went to the cross because I love you, because I know in your own flesh, you will never, ever be able to overcome. So that's why I want your heart because I want you to know I gave all of myself for you so that you can have victory over all these things that try to dominate and destroy you. How many of you thank God you are loved by Jesus Christ unconditionally? You're loved by Him. Start with the heart. And that's what you need to see. The enemy's trying to get you on performance. See, you're just, you're, your mind's not right. You're, you're, you're saying, no, 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 we're going to deal. We're going to deal with those thoughts. We're going to deal with those strongholds. We're going to see stuff broken off in this place. You're going to walk so free over the next few weeks. You're just, you're just going to start memorizing that Philippians 4. You're going to start memorizing that scripture. Start out. You, you're going to sit back in just a month and go, what in the world has happened to me? You're saying, you're not going anywhere. I'm taking you captive. You will submit Christ and his knowledge. You will submit. I'm glad you have authority and dominion through Jesus Christ. You do. You absolutely do. You absolutely do.